Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. This episode is sponsored by Component One, makers of Widgmo. If you need stunning UI elements or awesome graphs and charts, then go to widgmo.com and check them out. Hey guys, and welcome to JavaScript Jabber. I am your guest host today, Jameson Dance. Chuck is at Mountain West Ruby Conference today, and we have a bunch of panelists today. So the first one is AJ O'Neill. Yo, 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 coming at you as live as I can from Provo, Utah. We've got Merrick Christensen. What's up? And we've got Joe Eames. Hey, how's it going? So today we're talking about um, just general web development skill sets. Like, what do you need to know to be a web developer? We should probably start off and define what a web developer is first, because I think that's a really overloaded term. What do you guys think it means to be a, a web developer? I'm doing air quotes well, right now. I think now. that Merrick and I have had some conversations about this, and it's like, I feel like his opinion on what a web developer is is slightly different than mine, right? And maybe I'm coming more in line with what his definition is. So I want to hear his first. My definition? Yep. Go. So one of the things that I see a lot of people saying as a web developer is people who come from traditional software engineering backgrounds, and they come thinking that they can avoid uh, HTML and CSS altogether. Uh, and I think that's a really dangerous approach because then you end up moving too much into JavaScript. And then you have the opposite problem where people just don't understand programming well, and then they end up with uh, sort of jQuery spaghetti code. So uh, which which I think is okay for a, a, a lot of the brochure style sites, you know, a lot of the maybe WordPress or content driven sites you can get by with just being really solid at HTML, CSS, and then, you know, below average with JavaScript. But I think if you want to be a web application developer, you're going to have to be solid on all three of those technologies, CSS, HTML, JavaScript. And uh, depending on the app that may include CSS preprocessors, etc. But you said web application developer, right? Yeah, I think there's a difference. Yeah, okay. For mine, um, like one of the things that I feel like is I'm weak with CSS, right? And so I've kind of have this disdain about people that are like, oh, you don't know CSS, huh? Well, that's a problem. And I'm, I want to say, well, yeah, I'm not great with CSS. I can tread water, you know? But I can't, like, take a screenshot uh, that some designer puts together in Illustrator and then turn it into a web page and feel like I'm doing it right. Like, I always want to turn to an expert and say, hey, you know, what do you think of this layout? And I'm, there might be a few things where I'd be really struggling about getting some, you know, pixels perfect. So I was always kind of like this disdainful, like, I'm a web programmer. I know how to program really well with JavaScript, and I understand HTML and CSS well enough to maintain them and deal with them, but I don't feel like I'm an expert at that. Merrick's always been giving me a hard time. Yeah, I just don't think that's a safe approach. Right. You know, like, it just doesn't, it just doesn't sit right with me. So I'm coming around to his point of view that, yeah, if you're going to be a web developer, you got to know HTML, CSS, and JavaScript equally as well. So. Yeah, that, that, that's definitely my point of view. So some of you guys write the server-side stuff, right? You guys are talking solely about the browser. Yeah, so we haven't even mentioned server-side. Yeah, that's not, I mean, unless you're doing Firebase or one of those, like, hosted do all your backend stuff for you, you, you need a server. Right. Do yeah. you think that should be the same person that's doing all the server stuff and doing the front-end stuff? Or I think it's important to, to have T-shaped skills, right? Like, you should know enough about how the server works, about how, how to uh, pull things out of a database, how to send those down to the client, how the client renders them. But I think if you spread yourself too thin trying to be the master of all of these things, you're going to end up not 
not being terrific in any one of them. So did we avoid the question about what is a web developer? <laughs> yeah, we kind of did. One who develops for the web? <laughs> we're specifically you saying can't use the word in the definition. Like that could be mobile web apps, but not like mobile development. One who sends text over HTTP to a browser. <laughs> I think probably the universal agreement would be you are not a website developer, right? So you're not just throwing together a, an informational static site. You're actually doing like a real web application that requires JavaScript, requires all three of those things: HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and a backend. It's hard though because you can throw together informational sites, uh, really powerful informational sites, without being terrific at the back end because the tooling is so great. Yeah. One thing I see is a lot of uh, web developers who came from maybe like an Objective-C or, or Java world, and, I, and I'm not trying to be critical, ending up doing way more custom work on the back end than they have to. Because for a huge majority of the sites, something like uh, WordPress uh, can go such a long way. And I know it's like, ah, PHP gross, right? But, but the truth is, is that you're doing a lot of work uh, if you aren't just accepting these kinds of solutions. Right. So, so in other words, you can get a terrific amount done by just understanding a little bit about the back end, building on top of some sort of platform, or even a framework like Rails, right? Nothing against Rails or any of these other kinds of developers, but they're probably not as, well... It's not that Rails. they're not as knowledgeable. It's that you can be not yeah, just knowledgeable and still get a lot done. Exactly. Like you can be yeah, a super expert Rails developer, but you can also right. be a super noob and still get some stuff pumped out. Yeah, and the same thing is true of like WordPress or you know Kohana or Cake or Symphony or Django. It doesn't really matter, right? Like those frameworks are just built to get a lot of stuff done fast, and they lower the barrier to entry to programming as well. Right. Like, I, I'm confident I never would have been able to get into development if it wasn't for the web. Because the barrier to entry for the web is small enough that me, someone who didn't know anyone who programmed, was able to pick it up. You know? Right. If I were to try to do that with C, it would have been a, a much different story. Right. So I've been developing web sites applications since 2000. Okay. Whoa, bro. Yeah. I, I was 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Do not say that on the podcast. I, I was making PowerPoints, though. <laughs> Joe, do you but drop that, that like, every day when you're working with Merrick? Like, I've been doing this since you were 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should do that more often. Yeah. Um, but, I, so, but I think that, you know, back, I would call myself a web developer definitely back then, but what I knew about HTML and CSS, you know, I was doing .NET, not from the very start, but as soon as it came out, we started doing .NET, and uh, what I understood about doing web development has radically changed. Back then, was it .NET or was it ASP.NET? I, I originally which is basically ASP. like PHP. And .NET came out in like 01. Uh, okay. Um, I think it was 04, wasn't it? Uh, hey, oh. you were 14 then, Merrick. Come on. <laughs> That's true. So That's true. I think a web developer from that perspective, from a very generic perspective, is just like what Merrick said, anybody that develops for the web. but. Then there's like this kind of concept of front-end developer, right? Well, the, the truth is, is since then, the web has gotten significantly more complex. So the expectations for what a web developer should be able to do is way higher because web applications are getting more and more significant. Like last week, we talked to uh, Dave Herman about ASM.js, basically 
just highly optimizable JavaScript code that allows people to target JavaScript from C or C++ using something like Inscripted, and then you can get the highly optimized code with ASM. Nowadays, to understand all of HTML and that platform is, is a really difficult task. You have to understand, for example, web audio APIs, uh, web workers, the file system APIs, geolocation APIs, uh, web, web notifications. Like, there's just... The platform has grown so much, which is awesome, right? Because it's been able to stimulate a lot of innovation. But as such, web developers are a lot more disparate in their quality. Yeah, we moved from the browser being just the very, very, very thin rendering layer to now being almost the core. Yeah, yeah, you can do so much in a browser these days, right? right? And that's the beautiful part of it. Uh, but that also means that when somebody applies for your web app, uh, web developer job, they could either mean, you know, I can build significant apps, or I'm a web brochure style developer still. Right. Um, and so you kind of don't know what you're getting with that title, which is so, why I've kind of adopted the web application developer mantra. Yeah, so yeah I like that. I like that distinguishment because there's a lot of, I mean, to the layperson, and the layperson in a lot of cases means like your employer, they don't know what code is, you know, like they don't necessarily really know what the difference between JavaScript and HTML and CSS are, right? Right. So, like one of the things that bugs me is when people are like, oh yeah, we have this great developer, da-da-da-da-da, um, I'm like, oh, okay, yada-yada. Well, you get talking about it, and then it turns out that they just do, like, HTML. And it's, well, that's not code. That's not really a web developer. That's just, I, I don't know what you call it, right? Like, and I'm sure they feel the same way about us, because then there's those people that just do the HTML and CSS type stuff and don't really mix in with the JavaScript, and they just kind of take the WordPress sites and, you know, edit the templates. You know, are they a web developer? Well, I mean, yeah, really they are. They're developing the web. They're not coders, but they're but the still web that, developers. The thing that people need to realize, though, is you can do 80% of what's on the web, you know, with being decent at WordPress and pretty decent at HTML CSS. Like, like, the huge majority of resources on the web don't require significant development capacity. <laughs> right, because there are more pages. pages on the web. Yeah, there are more pages, there are more resources. If you go by the, like, the percentage of stuff that people use... I bet that's not true. Really? Well, yeah. Because, well, YouTube is the number one site on the internet right now, isn't it? Probably. I think so, that YouTube know, searches are now... All the mom and pop brochure sites. I think what you're, I think you're right in terms of usage, right? right. Like, Facebook is going to get Certainly a lot more usage. Numbers. Yeah, not, but, but uh, by just pure sites in existence... Yeah. yeah. I think a well, huge so, majority of them are... I mean, there's probably still even rock and front page. All right, so... We talked about what a web developer is. Let's talk about what are the minimum skill sets to be an entry-level web developer. Man, so while you guys are talking about what a web developer is, I think this would be, you're trying to talk about what a programmer is. You know, it's just so general. And I think yeah. the same thing's gonna happen with skill sets. There's gonna be so many different ones. Like, I spend probably 80% of my time writing JavaScript on the server, and the other 20 doing HTML and CSS and JavaScript in the browser. Yeah, and yeah, no doubt. It's very different, the very different skill sets, and I have, I'm a lot stronger on the server than I am in the browser. I can, I can do, find stuff in the browser, but I don't know. Things can be hard to nail down a, a skill set. You're right. Totally. It is, but, but that's the thing that people have to realize, like, people who are learning to code, uh, look at whoever's teaching them, and have this expectation, like, I'm not going to be able to be hireable or whatever until I can match this person's skill set. 
But the truth is, is you can spend six months learning HTML and CSS and maybe just a, a dabble of like PHP or Rails and you can get hired and make pretty decent money on that skill set. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I, all right, so we were talking about the entry-level entry level jobs, entry-levels into web development. So what are the entry-level skills that you need in order to become a web developer? I don't you know JavaScript, no matter what. Yeah, web applications. Even if, even if you yeah. do web server stuff, you have to know JavaScript. Not just talking about a layout designer on the web, not just a brochure builder. I think so I, I personally think that the most important skills you can have in terms of like growth, not in terms of necessarily like this directly corresponds to a dollar, but the most important things that you can do to start out with is figure out how to make your life easier. So like I think JS Hint, Jade, Less, like those are the first things to really make sure you have. That way as you're growing, you're hitting the roadblocks with more error messages and more direction. So I'm gonna counter that and say, I, I agree, I subscribe to the opposite opinion. Browsers are merciful for a reason. So uh, that our lives can be living hell? <laughs> uh, that, that becomes true is you need to maintain larger code bases. But for example, really what, what's good in learning is to get feedback. Uh, well, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like feedback would be like JS Hint, Less, and uh, Jade. They all give you feedback. If you do something wrong, totally. you get feedback. I did something wrong, as opposed to when you just shove it in the browser, you don't get that feedback. Well, you 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 you. It either looks like it you want it to, or it doesn't, right? So I put an H1 tag. It looks like an H1 tag. With Jade and Less, JS Hint, I can see a better case for. But, but jumping straight to a preprocessor also means that you have a whole other barrier and you don't know what you're learning, whether you're learning totally HTML agree. or CSS. So I, you're creating I, an additional I layer. I disagree. Having worked with two designers that did not work with HTML much before, and I got them on Jade right away, and that was very helpful. One of the Which is interesting because, like, Jade, I, I think that's a... Nothing against the project, but it's just not for me, right? Like, I try not to use Jade because it just, I just don't like it. So um, it's, it's an abstraction layer, and so is less. And so when you're adding two abstraction layers, suddenly you have to understand. Basically, you have to well, understand. It doesn't have any abstraction layer unless you use it. I mean, like, I don't care if you use all the super cool features of less, you know, in terms of, like, the variables and all that. Just I like that feedback of, like, you're missing a semicolon, this won't actually render correct correctly in a browser. There's CSS lint. Yeah. That's, that's what I use less for. And then it's nice to be able to just progressively enhance, like, okay, now I want to throw in a variable. So you don't have to start off with, like, all the cool stuff. You can start off with just the feedback loop. The trouble is you don't know what, what you're getting feedback on. You don't know if it's well, less. If it says there's a missing semicolon, then you know that you're getting feedback on a missing semicolon. Yeah, but but for example, you'd say you get a syntax error in Jade. That's a Jade syntax error, not an HTML syntax error. Okay, so I disagree with both of you. Whoa, I think Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> I think what you're talking about is good stuff, but I think it's just level two. I don't think that's level one for yeah, that's what I'm saying. Developer. That's what I'm saying. Well, you were saying also that like that some of that stuff is like. I don't want the abstraction. I want to know what's going on underneath, which well, I agree that's, with. That's when you're learning. I, I think that learning what's going on underneath is level two as well. Oh, wow. Often. Like, 
I mean, think about a lot of programmers that come into like Rails or something. You come into Rails, you don't know a lot of what's going on. You're using abstractions. You're just learning to work within the abstraction, learning what's going on. And like, okay, I was a .NET developer. I didn't learn a lot about how .NET memory management worked until I hit like five years into doing .NET development, right? So I I relied on the abstractions. Now that being said, I don't. I just think the problem is that where preprocessors are today, they're harder to use than play, harder to learn than plain CSS because there's just way more working moving parts. Nobody yet has gotten together what basically what Visual Studio has done for .NET developers and said, "Here's this thing, and you only have to know a few little things to start building something." And with pay the ten thousand dollars to deploy it. Don't <laughs> <laughs> well, be a hater. Just kidding. I'm kidding. Be a hater. So, no, like it's easier yeah. to learn just plain HTML, sure. plain CSS. And for me, my one other requirement is JavaScript and jQuery. I'm going to throw jQuery, jQuery down. JQuery? Yeah, sure. Requirement? Yes, requirement. You must know jQuery. No. I, yes. no, I, I, I agree with the jQuery because jQuery takes pain away. It makes it so you don't have to learn quite so much, and you can get more work done quicker. Yeah. I mean, like, I definitely yeah, think that it's valuable. I, I wouldn't call it a requirement. I yeah I, I think that jQuery is one of those things where if you're going to be doing browser JavaScript, you need jQuery because otherwise you're going to be just wasting so much time reinventing the wheel wrong. Yeah. jQuery does most of the stuff it does right. It just has weird names for its AJAX request things. Level two two can be taking out jQuery from what no is, yeah I your think skill, no I think it's great to leave jQuery in. Um, just seems weird to make. A requirement, but I can understand it. Uh, and and I, like, there's so much jQuery out there. So the number one most used web uh, web app uh, web library that's out there, JavaScript library that's out there. So if you don't know it, you're at a huge disadvantage. I mean, so many companies are like, yeah. we use jQuery, and you only have three skills, and one of them's not jQuery, right? And if you and so we're not going to hire you because you of your skills that you have. But, you but, just but we're talking. I thought you said we're talking about a web application developer. Yeah, web application. And a web application developer developer shouldn't stop at jQuery. No, you're right. You're right. Whenever people ask me what it takes, I think less about like the specific technologies and more about the attributes. And I think that one of the most important attributes is just to not be afraid. Like don't just be fearless because people get so discouraged. Oh, definitely, definitely. People get so discouraged and they have this idea like developers are geniuses, but it's really not that way at all. It's like if somebody had never read before and they're trying to read, they would think everyone that can read is a genius. Uh, yeah. But that's simply not true. It's just that there's this certain uh, barrier that once you cross it, you realize that all of these things are really similar. They all have similar roots. And learning them is, is just uh, an adventure. It's not like something to, to be afraid of. Like, oh, I can't believe I have to learn this thing. Oh, I, totally I can't agree. believe I have to learn this thing. It's like... It's not. It, it just that goes away, uh, and you have to have an attitude that 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 is not a problem. I totally agree. Like of this, like look at the people on this podcast. Three of the four of us are actually pretty stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, was that a reference to you being the smart one, or was that Jameson being the smart one? So the thing about that is, Joe just proved he was the smart one because that comment is ambiguous. So everyone feels good about themselves. <laughs> that yeah. Yeah, I'm Joe one. He's, he's All right, so I threw down HTML, CSS, and jQuery are like the minimum barriers. That's what I'm throwing. Dude, down. I don't even I, know I, CSS I, today. I like, what do you mean by no CSS? Like, know know how to use it to lay stuff out, or know it yes. holistically so that you can 
I no. don't understand all the crazy interactions without having no CSS as in don't have it at all. Just none of it. No the CSS. Question, <laughs> the question I ask is, if I give you a, PD, uh, a Photoshop document, can you lay it out? See, I don't think that's... With high fidelity. I, don't, I wouldn't put it that as my minimum barrier to entry. I wouldn't oh, put dude, that as, I think that that's like... They're, they're kids in high school rocking that skill, you know? Like, well, okay, know. here's the, the, here's the deal, Merrick. That's, so that's so remember thing. how you said, you know, you, you just guess and check, right? So, you know, you, you throw the thing in there, you see does it look like what I expect or not, right? This is where I'm going to go back to the Jade argument. Because when you're getting started and you're missing an ending div tag, guessing and checking isn't going to fix it. You have to have something to tell you, like, hey, the computer should have done this for you, but for whatever reason... It wasn't standardized that way, so you have to go back and put this in the right place. Like some of that, if you want to make picture-perfect HTML, CSS combos, it's not just guess and check. There's a lot of research. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot know. of stuff that's just completely unintuitive that you would only know. Like the whole, um, you have to create a relative div, then you can put an absolute div inside of it. Like people say that, but have you ever done like like actual drawing? Because once you've actually done drawing, right, like like old school, uh, here's the page, uh, dirty certain pieces, repaint them, that is a significantly more significant increase of work than Are you, are you talking about, like, drawing, like, in Java, like, in yeah, yeah, college? Sure. sure. So I would say that that was actually a lot easier because the model that was used was more clear. You like and, the more imperative approach? Well... Uh, like I remember when I was doing one of those little games in in Java and uh, at BYU, there was uh, a grid layout that actually worked. I don't remember what the system was called, but I, I remember layering it, and like it, it made sense. Like it wasn't pretty. Um, That's true. It's just more work, right? Like well, it was less. It was less work to get it to behave the way that I wanted it to behave because the model was more clear. But I think that, that just speaks to your experience with CSS. Okay, but um, no? I had no experience with Java at the time that I was using it, and I had already used CSS that's, that's several times. I think you come from a more uh, a more CS background, right? So you're more you're more comfortable in the code layer, anyhow. Uh, dude, I'm more comfortable with stuff that makes sense, and CSS just isn't <laughs> logical. Yeah, Merrick, you got to realize your biases. You came from a designer, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, so you saying everyone needs to know CSS in it, in order to lay out PDFs pixel perfect? I mean, that's what you did. That doesn't mean that everyone needs that. Like, I I could probably do it. It would take me an inordinate jobs. amount of time, though. And and as far as majority of entry level jobs, you can get the majority of them without being able to lay out a PowerPoint pixel perfect. You, but you, I think you have to know the basics of CSS. There's like, if you know the basics of CSS. Then you're going to just fail out of any interview. Yeah, yeah. What, what are the basics, though? Like, I, I would say the basics of CSS is maybe Twitter Bootstrap, because that you can at least rely on to oh. get you somewhere. <laughs> I'm out. I'm a we're, getting, we're getting bogged down a little bit. I think we've agreed on something to do with CSS. Maybe we should move on <laughs> to a different topic. Well, I'm just saying... The word I, CSS, I picked is, up, it's in there somewhere. I picked up Twitter Bootstrap the other day and spent like a good 45 minutes going through their site and everything, maybe a little bit more, maybe it was an hour and a half, I don't know. But at the end of it, I felt happy. <laughs> I felt better right. about the world. All right, we're gonna, in order to keep the brevity up, we're going to, no discussion, 
and it's just going to be list. What is your list, right? You can't justify, nobody can disagree. What is your list of minimum skill sets for entry-level web developers? I already gave mine. Merrick, yours was mine plus being able to lay out with CSS. Opti right? Optimism. And, opti and optimism. And courage. Jameson? I'm going to add long walks on the beach to that. <laughs> well, no boy. kidding. And I, no, I, and I, think, I think you guys covered it. Or at least long walks outside. And I think AJ's covered his. He's, his is more of the learn the learn the tools. These, there's this really good tool. Start with those tools and don't worry about the low level. All right. So let's move on to what it is to be like a mid to senior level web developer. You got to know right, networking, man. You have to know oh, what's that? About yeah, you got to know HTTP, Wireshark. HTTP. Yeah. You have to know what's, what's going on in those tubes that connect the internet together. All right. So you got to understand the networking, the protocols. Got to know all that. What else? Uh, you gotta be able to lay it out pixel perfect without any flaw. <laughs> Crap. I think having the the tooling down, like understanding build systems. I I would argue you need to be specialized in something. Oh yeah, I definitely. Argument. Yeah, back to that T argument. You gotta be specialized in something. Okay, but yeah, okay, so God. so you gotta be specialized in something, but then you still that T has that minimum set, and that the bottom of that T's gotta be wider than it was when you were a uh, uh, an entry level guy. So what else is at the bottom of the T? I think your T is upside down. It's the top that's wider. You have two L's stuck together. <laughs> well, that makes a really fat trunk then, doesn't it? It's yeah, an upside down T, right? The bottom level is the wide part where you know a whole bunch of skills just not very well. And then the, up, then the center part of the T sticks way up, and that's your specialization. You know that really well. Okay. All I can hear is we're adding more verticals to our platform. I think we're going to make millions of dollars right now. That's why. I, so... If you're still focused on something, but you, you need to be at least passable in every layer. You need to be passable. If, if you're a front-end specialist, you need to be able to just throw together uh, possibly crappy, but at least some back-end all by yourself. Like You need to be able to do the whole stack by yourself, I think, even if some parts of it you're not very good at. And I don't think you need to do that to be an, an entry-level person. So Speaking of the back end, like I would have normally just thrown out that I think you got to be able, you got to be like conversant in relational databases and and SQL. Does anybody disagree with that? No. I, you you got to have some sort of knowledge of what the data looks like on the other side. Yeah. Okay. So conversant in that, you got to know at least one, if not two, at least one. I'm gonna say one. You got to know one server side technology well enough that you can tread water in it. Right. And it might as well be Node. <laughs> might as well. Because it's super easy. Yeah, well, there's a synergy going on, but you got to know. What about NoSQL? Should you know NoSQL? Well, that's such a broad category. That's yeah. like saying, should you eat non-cereals for breakfast, right? I mean, there's cereal, and then there's non-cereal. There's a lot of stuff yeah. in non-cereal. There's a lot of stuff right, so in non-cereal. I'm going to say NoSQL is not a requirement, but you should at least understand what it is. Well, I, I don't know what you mean. What, there is no understanding what NoSQL is because it means like a thousand different things. If you want to say like relational, it's not relational. That's what it is. You got to understand well, I, that data can be stored in non-relational format. Well, I, uh, I I would I would be a little more specific, like say play with Mongo or play with CouchDB as opposed to no NoSQL because they have different purposes. Like Couch does not serve the same purpose as a CSV does, or, you know, Mongo. All right, so, I, anyway, so something to do with NoSQL is in there. Anything else on the server <laughs> side that you should know? 
I mean, it's so broad at this point. Like, I think I don't know. Netcat. It just depends on what your specialty is. Gotta have played a little bit with Netcat. I, it goes back to the the whole protocol thing, but if you can respond to your front end from Netcat, just just type out you know a a couple line response. Then what the, what the fetch is Netcat? Yeah, I'm. I'm Are I'm, you kidding I'm, me, Merrick? What's Netcat? Oh my. Goodness. It's a it's a Unix tool to do low level networking stuff. It basically lets you do. It just opens up a, a TCP socket, and and you can like point your browser to it, and then you can just type back, you know, HTTP two hundred OK. So it's like a manual server, right? Instead of writing your application, you just run a little netcat command, and then you point like they just said, you point your browser to it, and then when the browser makes the request. You like tab over to your terminal and you type back the response. All right, that explains why I've never been able to build anything ever on the web. <laughs> never done that. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm going to vote against that one. But let's let's go to the client side. What do you got to know on the client side to be mid senior level developer? Index DB. <laughs> I would say you have to be an expert in one of the MVC frameworks, and you have to be conversant in more than really? one. See, I, don't, I, I, would, one, I wouldn't agree with that. I would say you don't have to be an expert in them. But. It's so funny because everyone's saying what their background is, right? And what's been most helpful to them. Joe, it's Joe so true, dude. It's so true. Well, Good point. That's not necessarily true. I mean, I started uh, Knockout. I worked with Knockout No, I'm talking in the back end of VC stuff. Oh, back end of VC? Like, like, just done that, right? Well, I did MVP and .NET for years and years and years. Oh, uh, okay. I didn't use ASP.NET MVC much. Like I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to like insult no, you. I no. just saying like it's funny how I have this expectation. Like these are the things that have been most helpful in my career. Therefore, I think you should also do this. Right. And you have that. And uh, AJ, it's just funny. Yeah. Well, don't don't worry about him being all soft with you. I was trying to insult you. <laughs> I know you but were. It didn't work. So you did it poorly. Well, yeah, so well, like, screw you for, too, pal. Jameson, you said an MVC framework. I'm not necessarily. Sure, I agree with that. But I would say preprocessors. You got to know preprocessors. To be a, are we you don't know a senior level, level, level person here? Like mid, yeah, mid to senior level person here. I don't know if you're writing a web app with zero MVC at all. It's probably not a very large web app, or you're reinventing well, the wheel. That's not necessarily true. If you can we just call it MV Star? Yeah. 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 Whatever. Yeah. If you're doing ASP.NET postbacks, you don't need. You don't. You know. So and what, I, what I'm hearing here is a framework that could be Backbone, that could be Angular, that could be Ember, that could be list of 10,000 items. That's yeah. that's what I think or, I'm hearing. Yeah, that's a better way to say it. developer just being really good at Rails. Yeah. It just depends on which side you specialize in. That's so true. But I, I don't know. I kind of see, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you, Jameson. I'm just not necessarily sure I agree with you either. Like, I love learning the MV Star frameworks that are coming out. I started with Knockout and just fell in love with it, with what I could do over jQuery. But it was like, well, I yeah, but I could do the same things with jQuery. It was a pain in the butt. But maybe, you know, that is a that, that is something that every web developer should know. Even if you're doing a whole bunch of just the plain ASP.NET or, or Rails, like, postbacks are delivering the entire page every time you change your view. I definitely think that you should have either used Rails or Django. <laughs> You're such an elitist. No, it's just no. funny because oh, these aren't even elite technologies. No, 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 no. I'm just saying so that you have experience with REST, 
so that you've seen a decent implementation. Maybe not the best implementation, but you've seen a decent implementation. There are great implementations of REST in there Java. There are so many great Net, implementations all over the place. Other frameworks? Sure, sure. Okay, yeah. Yeah, whatever. I just, I know that Django and Rails are easy to learn. They have a, a pretty low entry curve, and so that's why I throw those out there. All right, but so if, if we you can want agree some, on graphs. You should know REST. Yeah. That's that's all I'm saying is that you should get that concept of like how objects map to URLs. All right, now let's and let's and not use freaking cookies to store which page you're on. Have you guys run into any sites like that recently? All right, so anything anything else? Any last thoughts about what you need to know to be a senior web developer? How to write a Canvas implementation of the prime number finder. All right, we've totally digressed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. It's getting a little squirrely. It's probably Sorry. about time to wrap up. So anybody want to summarize what we talked about? I'm going to let you do that, Jameson. You're, you're the best at that. Uh, we disagree. That's my summary. But there's <laughs> stuff you need to know. I think so. means the basics, obviously, are HTML, CSS, JavaScript. Then when you get mid or senior, you need to specialize in something and need to be able to be conversant in everything. That seems like what we've kind of agreed on. The other thing that I think we all agree on is don't be afraid. Development isn't as hard as it looks from the outside. Right. My takeaway from today would be if you, whatever background you come from, so if you come from the server and then you learn HTML, CSS, and you don't know CSS well, like me, I feel like I don't know it well, and you can't do a layout, that's something you really should learn. And you should, Like Merrick the other day said, hey, if, a, if you're a web developer and you don't know CSS3 and then animations and transformations, you're really at a board a bad place because you're going to be pushing stuff into JavaScript. The same thing is true of layout properties, though, right? Like, oh, I'm going to use JavaScript to make sure this thing's full screen right. or whatever. It's like, no, you're just paying JavaScript. Right. So you, you definitely, if you come from the server side, you should learn those better. If you come from the client side, from a developer, from a designer standpoint, and you moved into web development, you should know the servers better. You should know HTTP, protocols, backends, and data storage better. That's my takeaway. Basically, there's too much for any one person to know all of. That's, that seems like the takeaway. So <laughs> maybe, maybe a very key and important point would be to be part of a user group and know people like Jameson who are ridiculously smart. And that's a good point. Or Joe. I, I became a web developer when I, learned, when I met Jameson. That's when I became a web developer. <laughs> Back in 2000. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was in, I think okay, I was should, we, should we go on to picks? We totally should. AJ. Yeah, so, oh, boy, do I have things to pick for you. So I, I was I was mentioning that, that Canvas Prime implementation uh, of finding prime numbers. That That's a real thing uh, that that's Brett Little created, and he shared at one of the, the Utah.js meetings. And I, I honestly thought that was the coolest thing ever, and so I'm picking that. Also, even though... Merrick was so quick to make assumptions about me and my past and who I am. Well, Merrick, you don't know me, okay? It's I used true, to make. I'm sorry, it wasn't trying to be rude. <laughs> I, I um, I actually. I got nothing a, but love for you. Thank you. I I love you too in a very manly and appropriate way. So, I've done a bit of design in terms of like flyers for school stuff or for user groups for church things. I, so I, I've, I've messed with, um, mostly I did stuff in OpenOffice Draw, 
my first couple things were in Microsoft Publisher before I knew about OpenOffice Draw. But now I, I've started using Illustrator and InDesign, and I'm kind of falling in love because they are so smooth and refined. I mean, obviously, not everybody wants to drop the twelve or fifteen hundred or whatever it is to get it. If you've got, if you, if you're a student right now, you definitely need to spend like the two hundred and fifty dollars and invest in the suite so that so that you have it. If you ever think you'll do anything with it, because they're such good tools. So I, I'm gonna plus one on Illustrator, and then oh, it seems like I had something else I wanted to pick. But I'll let somebody else go. I'll come back around to it. Sweet. Sure, I can go. Yeah, go for um, it. I'm going to pick Vagrant. It's been pretty uh, pretty fun to learn, and I, I really like the idea of isolated development environments that you can share uh, without having people to set up their host machines a certain way. Uh, the other thing is Puppet, and that's a provisioning tool that I've, that I've really enjoyed working with. Uh, it's kind of a declarative way to provision machines. And that is my picks. Sweet. I'll go next. I have two. Mountain West Ruby Conference is going on right now as we speak. That's why Chuck's not with us. And I'm going to pick it because it's really good. They have their live, their live stream on. Uh, it'll be over by the time you hear this. But they record all the videos and post them all on Confreaks. And it's one of the best regional Ruby conferences around. I think they had a DevOps day as well. So if any of your interests lie in that area, you should check it out. My next pick is one that will not be over by the time this airs. It's Texas JavaScript. Um, it's a JavaScript conference coming up April 15th, um, and it's also one of the best uh, U.S. JavaScript conferences. So I'm really pumped for that. It looks really good, and I think they'll have the, the live stream and conference as well. Those are my picks. So, Joe, are you ready now? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, so my first pick is going to be uh, Breeze.js. Um, it's basically... a uh, Data handling plugin for JavaScript lets you uh, takes over a lot of your data handling. Works with uh, I don't works with Angular. I think it works with Backbone. My sec my next pick is going to be Edge JS, E D J E D G E, and uh, that's uh, like a Node to .NET project. So it lets you actually call into your .NET functions from Node or call into Node from .NET. So that's way cool. And my last pick is going to be the show Arrested Development. They're coming out with another Netflix um, exclusive season, so season four. It's releasing in May, and the entire season is releasing all at once. I'm super excited about that because Arrested Development was by far the funniest show to ever be on television. And so I'm really excited for another season to come out of it. And it's going to be really weird. Like, all the episodes apparently are filmed or take place simultaneously, but they all focus on one character, so you could actually interactively like be watching, see two characters interact, stop the episode, go to a different episode, and watch that character's episode up until that point, and see them at this, you know, basically interact at the same point. So it's kind of crazy. That sounds too cool. Yeah, it's like meta. Meta TV, right, going meta. on. Meta, there we go, that's the word I wanted. Yeah. That's, that's too meta, man. Yep, so those are my picks. Great. Thanks, guys. Um, thanks for coming on the show. Next week, we have Derek Bailey talking about Marionette.js. So he'll be our That's guest. Be awesome. If you guys want to read up and study up on that, you'll be prepared for the knowledge bombs he's going to drop. Any last words? Oh, so I, I did put some links to stuff on uh, low-level networking with Netcat and Node. Cool. Sweet. Yeah, I'll post those in the show notes. All right, thanks, guys. We will see you next week.